You're listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion! Greetings and welcome to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I am your host, CZG123, and I'm in the place to be. Thank you so much for tuning in and dropping out. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow. And this program can be found and listened to on most major uh, podcast platforms. And visit czg123.blogspot.com. That is czg123.blogspot.com. You can always call 213-839-9830. That's 213-839-9830. If you want to leave a message or some requests or what have you, please call anytime. Thank you so much. And, uh, of course, you can also listen to this program on most major podcast platforms. Uh, please share this show with your pals. Boy, what a crazy time it is around the world. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get political. I don't want to even talk about this kind of stuff on this show and I'm not going to Uh, it's very hard not to but I am not going to because this show is about music and all different genres of music and learning more about the artists and bands that I play so all I just want to point out is that boy oh boy it is really crazy You know, our society and societies around the world right now are just really going through some crazy stuff. Um, I can't even really equate it to anything. I was going to say that the world right now feels like some sort of angry teenager. Or perhaps, uh, despite all its rage, it's still just a rat in a cage. But that doesn't even work. Like, those analogies are, are, are pretty bad. So uh, there is nothing to compare these times to right now. But every generation has gone through crazy times. So when you look back, you know, throughout history, you could say, yeah, right now in the moment, this is all really hellish and crazy. But at the same time, you know, there have been different moments and parts and eras of our history, both as America and pre-America and everything else that's just been, it's always been bonkers. It's always bonkers. So for me, that's actually helped just realizing that, you know, sometimes I get blown away by everything that's happening now and just jaw dropped. But then I have to realize, and I think everyone out there has to remember too, that it's always been crazy. There's always been something going on that's very difficult and is going to affect a lot of different societies and cultures and people. So what may be creepy and crazy today is uh, perhaps no different than another crazy, creepy moment in time from the past. Uh, but, you know, they always say, what's that thing? Uh, whatever you do in the past, it's going to happen again and watch out or something like that. Anyways, I, something I found out today from, uh, you know, I do valet. Uh, I help kids get out of the, their parents' cars uh, every morning at uh, my kid's school, and uh, fellow valet uh, person there with me, uh, Stephanie, she says to me this morning, and I couldn't believe it, that Jingle Bells <laughs> is actually a Thanksgiving song and a drinking song. 
So back in the day, apparently, they needed a song for Thanksgiving, uh, but one that alluded to, now that it's Thanksgiving, let's get ready for Christmas. And that was the song they came up with, Jingle Bells. Uh, as well as it being a song intended for the Thanksgiving Day holiday, somehow <laughs> it caught on in bars and saloons. And so people were just like, jingle, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, get off me, jingle all the way. It's just so, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Everything's crazy. Even, even holiday songs are crazy. Uh... Have, have you folks out there heard holiday songs yet being played in supermarkets and things like this? Um, I have not. I could lie. I could have lied right there and been like, oh, my God, I keep hearing it. But I, so far, I haven't. So far, I've been the only one to play Christmas music as a goof when I was valeting one time. And uh, the kids thought it was funny, but the parents found it very annoying. So, uh, yeah, I just... You know, every year, right, it feels like all these holidays move up. It's like as soon as October ended, the big joke is like, oh, Merry Christmas. You know, we skip right by Thanksgiving and let's just go for, uh, you know, Happy New Year. I am 100% digressing and I'm taking away your listening time from these fabulous rainbow musical explosions I have lined up for you today. So without further ado... Uh, actually, wait, hold on. Maybe just a little ado. Um, later, I will be doing uh, our favorite segment here. Who's better, the who or the doors, the doors or the who. And I was thinking earlier, imagine if that's what people around the world when they got into wars were battling over. Music, especially who's better, the who or the doors. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be so cool? Wouldn't, that would just be so much better. Wouldn't it? And, 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 and the worst that happens is like someone, you know, leaves in a huff and they, they, or they throw like record covers at you. Ah, 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 whatever. Well, anywho, uh, here comes a rainbow flipper musical explosion right after some words from our sponsors. Mad! I know what's coming next. I soaked in it. <laughs> Madge, I soaked in it. Madge, I soaked in it. It's finally soaked in. Palm olive dishwashing liquid softens hands while you do dishes. And those thick suds get even the crustiest pans shiny and clean. Now everyone's going soft. Madge, I soaked in it. Original or lemon lime, palm olive softens hands while you do dishes. Fudgy the whale is back. That's a whale of a cake for a whale of a dad at your participating Carvel ice cream store. Yep. And this year, your Carvel kneeler makes them loaded with fudge and nuts. And you can get fudgy with an ocean to serve 20 people. But if you want to send Fudgy the Whale to a whale of a dad anywhere in the Carvel territory, you call the phone number that you see here.
in the pines Waiting for us around the bend Picture in your mind Love forever But till then If she gives me a sign That she wants to make time Stop! I can't stop! Stop! I can't stop! I stop! Lightning is striking again Lightning is striking again You going to school? <laughs> so sad <laughs>
Wow. Wow. What a rainbow flipper musical explosion that was. You just heard Dropout Boogie featuring your old Droog, uh, who is, uh, uh, real name is Dimitri, uh, let me, I hope I get this right, Dimitri Kutsenko. Uh, he's actually from, he was born in the Ukraine, uh, your old Droog. Um, born in the Ukraine, uh, came to uh, the United States at the age of four. Uh, his family's Jewish and his first language is Russian. Uh, he grew up in Brooklyn and uh, was a huge fan of hip hop. And uh, he really started getting into uh, battles, uh, rap battles, hip hop, freestyle battles uh, at school during lunch in the lunchroom. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of hip hop uh, artists started that way actually. Um, and then he just kind of blew up. A lot of people didn't know who he was. He just kind of hit the scene back in 2014, came out really strong. Um, he played, when he started playing shows, he would sell out. His first sold out show actually was at Webster Hall in New York City. And um, he's worked with so many great artists uh, and producers. This was produced by uh, rapper slash producer Idan, whom I believe is also Jewish. Uh, and, I, and I believe from uh, New York City. Uh, yeah, so your, your old Droog is uh, actually uh, about 33 years old right now. Um, and, he, you know, it was rumored actually uh, when his first, when his music first started coming out, that his first album, his first e, uh, EP, uh, was recorded and produced by Nods, which is really interesting. I don't know why that rumor started or where it comes from, but that was the rumor at the time when his uh, EP came out. He's worked, man, with, uh, in addition to Idan, he's worked with Mad Lib. Uh, he, he, he was even on tour with uh, Premier and Royce the 5'9". Um, so really, really awesome uh, rap artist. And then uh, on that track with him is my favorite MC. I mean, it's, I always go back and forth. It's this guy, you know, maybe it's Rakim. Uh, maybe it's Method Man. Maybe it's Q-Tip. Maybe it's uh, Guru. Maybe it's uh, Tupac, as they say, or Eminem. Now, for me, it's MF Doom. Absolutely. Daniel Dumoulet, uh, best rapper in my opinion, ever in hip hop. Better than KRS-One? You know? Hmm. Better than... Oh, I don't know. Nas? Better than Nas? Yeah. I say yes to all that. To all the above. Best rapper I've ever heard. He doesn't have to curse. He's one of a handful of MCs who doesn't have to curse in his rhymes. And to me, that shows an extraordinary... Um, uh, art, artillery of words and vocabulary. I, he just has such a, a great vocabulary that cursing is, you know, something I feel he, he, he does, obviously. He does curse time to time, but he doesn't have to, as proven by numerous tracks where he doesn't drop one F-bomb, uh, which is great because I can play his music and I have for my kids. So, you know... It was such a loss, man, when he passed away. 
He passed away three years ago uh, at the age of 49, you know? Just heartbreaking. And uh, he very prolific after uh, he took a break. And he took a long break from hip-hop because he originally had a group that he founded in uh, 1988 known as KMD. And at that time, before he was known as MF Doom, he was actually Zev Love X. And his first appearance was on uh, Gas Face, a song by Third Base, MC Search, Prime Minister Pete Nice. I laugh because that guy is just crazy. Anyways, uh, so yeah, he first appeared on that, KMD, uh, had a huge hit with Peach Fuzz, and then they uh, started working on their second album, which was called Black Bastards. And the record was never released for a while uh, because Elektra was like, no, you can't have this cover. And the cover art was actually uh, a depiction of um, it was Sambo, you know, this, uh, God, it's just like such a horribly racist uh, image of African-Americans that was used back in the day. Um, anyways, they took that image of what they, the, the Sambo image they call Sambo, and uh, he's being hanged. The character's uh, hanged on, is being hanged on the cover. And Electro was like, absolutely not, and they, they were dropped. So um, then, you know, it was, bef- it was supposed to come out in 1994, that album. But then what happened was in 1993, uh, MF Doom's brother, uh, Subrock, um, was hit by a car while trying to cross the Long Island Expressway. And uh, actually, MF Doom uh, completed Black Bastards on his own. But then again, uh, as uh, I just mentioned, was given to Elektra, and Elektra was like, no. Uh, even though it was, it had a release date of 19, May 3rd, 1994, day after my birthday, but it never came out again because of the art. It wouldn't be until 2000, the year 2000, where they would release the album. Uh, but up to that time, before 2000, that it was just bootlegged. People heard it and had it, but you know you couldn't buy it in the store. So uh, it was great that it was finally released to the public in 2000. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just taking so much time. I'm just getting emotional uh, here, just because I just I, it's hard. It's still hard for me to reconcile the fact that he's no longer with us. Uh, you know, one can only hope that they find that he had tracks that weren't released and then they can release them. I don't know. Anyways, MF Doom's absolutely amazing. And he is so, uh, to continue, he, after Subrock passes away, MF Doom falls into like this really deep depression um, and gets out of music and hip hop for. A few years, quite a few years, and in that time, he's basically just living by himself, wandering, literally wandering the streets of Manhattan, um, and would sleep on park benches. No joke. I mean, he was really in dire straits. Uh, it is interesting to note that he uh, was uh, conceived here in the United States, uh, but was born in London. Uh, with when his mom, who was from Trinidad, and his pop was from uh, 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 Zimbabwe, but they went to go visit family in London, and that's when he was actually born. 
so he was born in London, uh, but uh, so after the trip, they actually moved uh, to Long Island. So uh, that's where he spent a good portion of his life in Manhattan. Uh, I mean, uh, Long Island, and then eventually Manhattan. And growing up, he was uh, a big fan of Marvel Comics, uh, and he earned the nickname Doom at a very early age because he would just constantly read comic books and would always talk about Spider-Man and Doctor Doom and stuff. So just a little information for you about an amazing artist um, who passed away too soon. Before that, you heard Lou Christie, a tune going out to my mama, who absolutely loves lightning strikes. Uh, growing up, I would hear this song and just be like, wow, this is a really cool song. And his voice is just so sick. It's great. Uh, actually, Lou Christie's actually not his birth name. <laughs> Get ready for this. His name is Luigi Alfredo Giovanni Sacco. And uh, he grew up in Pennsylvania. And he's presently 80 years old, God bless him. Still going. And uh, that was a huge hit for him. Uh, he was really big back in the time. Uh, he even had this song called The Gypsy Cried. It reached number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, he's known for Two Faces Have I, which is another huge hit. Uh, and he appeared on numerous shows, did a ton of sh uh, concerts all over the place. And uh, that song, uh, Lightning Strikes, it is just really cool. The way it moves is really cool, and the piano is great. Great song. So that's for you, Mama. Thank you so much for introducing me to that song when I was a kid. That's probably where I developed my appreciation of uh, good pop music and certainly oldies. And then setting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion was a group known as Dirty Projectors. The Dirty Projectors, they're from Brooklyn. They've been around since 2002. The track name uh, is Stillness is the Move. Great jam. Their voices are just so great. And by they, I'm talking about Felicia Douglas, Maria Friedman, and Kristen Slip. Uh, they just, their voices, their vocals on that track are amazing. And David Logstreth and Mike Johnson are also in the band. I think they're the ones who are actually uh, producing and arranging the tunes. And uh, I, I believe all of them uh, chip in. Uh, to write the songs and stuff like this. Um, what was I going to tell you? Uh, yeah, the Dirty Projectors. Oh, yeah, I, from what I understand, they do have new music that's coming out. I think they released a single recently, so it's, you know, they formed in 2002, and I guess they're still doing their thing, but just kind of here and there. I don't think they've put out many albums, actually, to tell you the truth, uh, but that is from their first album, and it's a great track. So yeah, that was uh, the first of our Rainbow Flipper musical explosions. I hope you liked that one. There's more in store. All you have to do is sit right there and listen, or stand, or dance. How, I, I don't know. How, you know I, I often wonder how are people, how, how are you listening to this show right now? Uh, are you, do you have headphones on? Are you driving? Are you sitting at your desk while working? Are you exercising? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I maybe I don't need to know. Maybe I shouldn't know what you're doing, how you're what you're doing while you're listening. Maybe you could be folding laundry and listening, actually. Maybe on your phone, yeah, you're listening or you're a Bluetooth speaker. I don't know. Why do I keep I don't really need to know 
Although I do want to know. I do want to know. I do want to know how you're listening to this show. Actually, what I want you to do is subscribe to the show and tell your pals. Tell everyone you know and love to listen and tune in and drop out to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Check out czg123.blogspot.com. And again, more Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosions. And soon, who's better, the who or the doors, the doors or the who, right after this message. Get a color TV or a Sony Betamax or a TV video game. Get it now because Crazy Eddie can't be beat. With prices so low, he's practically giving it all away. Shop around, get the best prices you can find. Then go to Crazy Eddie and Crazy Eddie will beat him. Remember, Crazy Eddie guarantees you the largest selection, professionally staffed service centers, and the guaranteed lowest prices. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. I'm rapping all night, rapping to the beat and I rap it up tight. I rap in the morning and I rap till I'm done. And everybody knows that I'm number one. Cause I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rap, rap, rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rapid to you, rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rap, rap, rapping, I'm rap, 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 rapping. I'm rapping all day and I'm rapping all night. Come on, I'm rapping to the beat and I rap. Well done, that was fantastic, and thank you for introducing us all to the world of rap music.
like it doesn't have a thing to say. Another day was another day. Crystal blue or skies of gray. Jacket doesn't feel a thing. Telephone goes ring, ring, ring. Answer or not, it don't matter. Skinnier or fatter. Same in the end. Cause she don't think nothing. She ain't What he never got Jacket doesn't feel a thing Telephone goes ring, ring, ring Answer or not, it don't matter Skinnier or fatter The same in the end Cause she don't think nothing She ain't got no reason to pretend Kissed me like the fella once said, Ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, Quote, Ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just to be given, my life is gonna be beautiful. I've sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the fella said. Tell me quick, ain't love a kick in the head? Said, ain't that a kick in the head? Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a bowl? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning. My life is gonna be beautiful. She's telling me we'll be wet. She's picked out a king size bed. I couldn't feel any better, or I'd be sick. Tell me quick, boy, oh, love a kick 
Once again, Nirvana. Yes, yes, yes. Nirvana, my favorite band. I, MF Doom is my favorite rapper. Nirvana is my favorite band. Uh, favorite band that uh, from my era, I should say. I mean, I love the Beatles. I, you know, there are lots of other bands that I, I I love. I can't tell if I love the Who or the Doors. The Doors or the Who. But I can tell you that from the music in my era. Uh, Nirvana is my favorite, and I can't believe they only have a few albums. Just like uh, you can, on your hand, you can count the number of albums they put out, and, and that's just uh, uh, not compilations or anything like this. The, like actual studio albums, I think they only have like, let's see, one, two, three, four. I think it's like four. I don't think there are five. Oh, five. Well, five. If you count their live albums, then maybe seven. 
Okay, to be fair, I think it might be seven. Because I forgot about uh, the Unplugged album, which is just a masterpiece. Um, and I had the pleasure of seeing them live. I can't believe it. I can say that I saw Nirvana. And wow, what a show that was. But let's talk about that song, Rape Me. Uh, it's from In Utero, their final uh, album before uh, Cobain passed away. Uh, and when it came out, obviously a very controversial song. Uh, and it's interesting to note that in 1992, during the MTV Music Awards, he MTV they wanted to play it. Um, and MTV was like, absolutely not. Like, do not play this song. You cannot play this song. Uh, so they said, okay, we'll play uh, Lithium. So in the beginning of their performance, they actually play uh, the first few chords and he sings uh, the opening, uh, Rape Me, while playing the first few chords and then they stop and then they go into Lithium. So I thought that was a very punk rock move. Very cool of them. The song itself is actually an anti-rape song. Uh, I mean, duh, right? I mean, like, I hope you, the listener, gets that. I hope other people out there get that. It's anti-rape. And he even says himself, this is a quotation from Kurt Cobain, it's like she's saying, rape me. Go ahead, rape me, beat me. You'll never kill me. I'll survive this and I'm gonna fucking rape you one of these days, you won't even know it. And uh, it's been described, uh, the lyrics as part submissive invitation, part defiant taunt. And it's a mix that confused and disturbed many listeners, which is true. And it led to Kurt having to constantly defend himself and explain what the song means. And then again, later in uh, Rolling Stone, uh, during a Rolling Stone interview, he said, and I quote, it's not a pretty image, but a woman who's being raped, who is infuriated with this situation, it's like, go ahead, rape me, just go for it, because you're gonna get it. I'm a firm believer in karma, and that motherfucker is gonna get what he deserves eventually. That man will be caught, he'll go to jail, and he'll be raped. So rape me, do it, get it over with, because you're gonna get it worse. Tori Amos uh, said in 1994, in her interview with uh, NME Magazine, uh, quote, uh, she thought it was very clear what it was about. It's a defiant song. But the scariest thing to a rape victim are the words, rape me. When I first heard it, I broke out in a cold sweat. But when you get over that, you realize he's turning it back on people. And then what's interesting is that a reverend uh, would eventually say that the message uh, of rape me is uh, of a Christian theme that it's basically treat me the way you want me to treat you. Very, very interesting. Uh, but an, a, a really, really important song. And I felt, uh, uh, you know, it's been, in, it's also been interpreted that the chorus lyric, I'm not the only one, uh, was Kurt's way of saying that Courtney loved his wife at the time and their daughter, Frances Bean, uh, were being hurt along, uh, you know, by the press and all this public attention. So that's interesting. Uh, um, and the other, uh, the other thought here is that when he says my favorite inside source, which is the, uh, on the bridge, uh, my favorite inside source was a reference, uh, to, 
um, the manager of a Seattle band that Kurt and Courtney suspected of being uh, interviewed for this Vanity Fair profile of them. Uh, this Vanity Fair profile was just scathing. Um, you know, they're junkies, they're this, they're that. How can they be parents? What What are they doing? No one should give them attention. And it came to a point where, I, this is a known fact, that Kurt Cobain actually uh, left a threatening voicemail, uh, voice message, uh, not voicemail, right? Because voicemail is associated with cell phones, so this was pre-cell phone. <laughs> But it was, a, I guess, a landline answering machine message uh, where he threatened her. Uh, you know, if you publish this, and we're going to blah, 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 blah. So that article on that piece really affected him and uh, his family, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, conjecture all you want. It's at, take the song at its face value. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else there is to figure out. Anyways, that's just a, a great track. And that was live uh, on SNL, Saturday Night Live, uh, I believe in 1993. Yeah, 1993. And that was the first uh, time that they played with Pat Smear. Pat Smear was the second guitarist who would join Nirvana uh, because Kurt said that he, he just wanted back. He didn't want to have to be the one to always keep playing on his own like he wanted to be able to focus on the solo when the solo came and not have to worry about going back uh, to the other part of the song uh, so Pat Smear joined and Pat Smear was the guitarist from a punk rock band back in the day known as the Germs uh, and Darby Crash was the lead singer of that group they're a really cool band very crazy uh, and awesome uh, and sadly that lead singer committed suicide Darby Crash committed suicide and he committed suicide on the day that John Lennon was killed so that's really marbles very marbles and a lot of folks in the well folks certainly folks in the germs and and uh in in the punk rock world uh you know it's like a double mourning right you're you're mourning uh the death of legends. It's just crazy. All of this is just crazy. <laughs> Before that, we heard Ain't That a Kick in the Head. That was a song written in 1960 by Jimmy Van Heusen and uh, with lyrics by Sammy Kahn. Sammy Kahn? Sammy Kahn? Sammy Kahn. Let me watch. Okay, Sammy Kahn. Uh, Sammy Kahn's a big songwriter. He's written a bunch of tunes. And uh, it was recorded that same year by Dean Martin. And uh, the uh, arrangement uh, was, uh, was done by Nelson Riddle. Nelson Riddle just has an incredible career of arranging and uh, uh, conducting uh, bands, jazz bands, backing bands for vocalists. Um, that song was actually written for the movie Ocean's Eleven, the original one uh, with the Rat Pack. And in that movie, actually, Dean Martin performs the song. And initially, that song was called Ain't That a Kick in the Seat. <laughs> Ain't That a Kick in the Head is way better. I don't know. I don't what I don't even know. And that's probably Sammy Khan was like, I can't. What are we going to what? Ain't that a kick in the seat? 
It makes you wonder, right? Like what the lyrics would have been if he were like, you know, ain't that a kick in the sea? Well, I don't even, what would you say? Uh, you know, my crossword's nearly complete. I finished and that was neat. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the sea? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, that song's in Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven at that time was a huge movie, big success, big success. And that song, of course, was a huge hit for Dean Martin and uh, was all over the charts and everything like this. Um, not at first, however, I gotta, I got, I must point that out. When that song first came out, it actually didn't make any charts. Uh, so I beg your pardon. It didn't make any charts until later, uh, when, um, Dean Martin compilations came out. So that's kind of funny in itself too. Uh, before that, you heard a song called Jackie by my main man, Dan, the man, Lubell, uh, Dan Lubell. Uh, my brother since, what, I, uh, I was in fifth grade and he was in fourth grade. And um, again, he's just an amazing musician. And I say again because I played his uh, some of his other work uh, on past episodes. Um, so when you go back and you listen to older episodes of the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, you'll hear him. Uh, I had the great fortune of making music with this guy and filming with this guy. We used to film skits and put together things all the time, all the time. We were always very creative, all the time. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know if he did, if he played everything. I, I forgot to ask him if on, on that song, Jackie, if he's playing all the instruments and singing or if, he, or if that's a band that he recorded with. Something tells me that he did that all on his own because he's like that, you know. Uh, a couple of the other songs that I've played of his, he does play. It's him. It's just him. Uh, so uh, super, super, super talented. I, I'm blessed to have so many uh, talented friends and family. I really am. And he's he's one of them. And then setting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion was Bobby Womack with Nobody Wants You When You're Down and Out. Uh, Bobby Womack. Uh, wow. Great, great talent. Great musician. Uh, probably best known for his uh, huge hit. Uh, what is it? 110th Street? Over on 110th Street? Um Across 110th Street, beg your pardon, uh, a song which was on the, uh, which is rather on the Jackie Brown, uh, Quentin Tarantino movie soundtrack. Uh, born in Cleveland, Ohio, he passed away sadly at the age of 70 out here in California um, in 2014. Uh, yeah, he, um, he was the. Uh, one of five children uh, growing up in Cleveland and uh, just had so many influences growing up. Uh, Sam Cooke being one of them. Um, and at the time, Sam Cooke uh, was singing with the Soul Stirrers and uh, the Walmack brothers. They all uh, went to go see that show, uh, or uh, sorry, a show with the Soul Stirrers. And eventually Sam Cooke would go on to become sort of a mentor to them uh, and to Bobby. And at age 16, Womack actually dropped out of high school to start focusing on his music career. 
and uh, it wouldn't be until 1960 or 65, in the early 60s, Sam Cooke actually put out, or put out, sorry, he, he founded SAR Records and signed the Womack Brothers. Originally, he, Bobby was part of a brother group, a, a brother band like the Jackson 5, but instead it was the Womack Brothers. Um, and then he uh, also became a member of Sam Cooke's band, and um, and then about 1967, he goes solo and moves to Memphis and just really starts owning his craft and does a bunch of really cool covers. And um, wow, I mean, he you gotta if you gotta really check out guys like this, you know, because they're very they have so many tunes and work under their belts. That, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm, I too, uh, you know, sometimes we just only get familiar with like one song or a couple of big songs from an artist or a band. Um, so I, it's really good to, to just dig deep. You know, if you find a song that you really love, I highly recommend uh, diving in and listening to as much as possible by them. So I, I, same, I do the same thing. That's my approach to uh, movies, watching movies. If I really enjoy a movie, I, I just want to start watching all the other movies that this director or screenwriter or actor was in, you know, uh, deep dive into that stuff. So uh, when you deep dive into Bobby Womack's career, uh, it's just mind-blowing. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, I gotta say, a lot of really, uh, a lot of the artists and bands that are in these Rainbow Flipper musical explosions are, are, uh, just have such huge catalogs under their belt. But then there are some like Nirvana, uh, Dirty Projectors, and others who uh, may not have pumped out as much music as we have liked or have hoped for, but um, what they did produce and, uh, put out uh winds up being epic so you know you don't have to in my eyes you don't have to have like a huge catalog in order to be considered a legend you know i mean kurt cobain's a legend uh and again only a handful of records really um so you know sometimes it's just uh, lou christie you know i mean he has huge hits but do you know them you know what I mean? Like I, I only knew of Lightning Strikes, but then you you deep dive and it's just a lot of fun to deep dive into artists. And I had a really great time diving into Bobby Womack. You are listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I am DJ CZG One Two Three in the place to be. Thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, I hope you subscribe and tell your friends to listen to the show. Please visit czg123.blogspot.com. And you can always call, leave a message. You can tell me any requests you may have by calling 213-839-9830. 213-839-9830. And now it's come time for that part of the show, that segment that I love to call Who's Better? The Who or the Doors? The Doors or the Who? One of these bands is better than the other. I just, I can't figure it out. I'm on the fence. You got to help me out here. So I think the last time that we did this, the Doors went first. So I'm going to start with the Who and uh, we'll come back after we listen to the two of them and uh, try to figure it out. So here we go. Here's the Who. Happy Jack wasn't 
So there you go. The Who or The Doors. The Doors or The Who. Uh, that was The Doors with Crystal Ship. And before that, you heard The Who with Happy Jack. <laughs> now, The Who's Happy Jack is a really fun song. It's, <laughs> it's an early Who song. Uh, it's very mod, you know, it's like that whole British saying in 1960s, like to dance around. Uh, <laughs> happy, I mean, you know, Happy Jack is a really, it's, I like that song. It brings a smile to my face. Um, uh, once again, and I always say this, I think, pretty sure I always say this uh, or point this out, that Keith Moon, man, Keith Moon. Woo! Wow. It's tough, you know. I don't know why we feel the need to have to always compare uh, and contrast things, movies, books, forms of entertainment, you know. Uh, But a a lot of that uh, comes up in music, like, so frequently. You know, oh, who do you think's better? Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, well, I think this. I think that. So, point being... You know, right now I'm thinking to myself, like, who's a better drummer, you know, Bonham or Moon? Eh, that's a bit controversial. I don't know. I mean, they're both incredible, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Anyways, that's The Who with Happy Jack. It's a very playful song. And then The Doors, Crystal Ship. Man, I, I don't know. When that cat hops in with Before You Slip Into Unconsciousness, I'd Like to Have Another Kiss another flashing is that what he says another a flashing chance of bliss another kiss another kiss what does he say that another dashing <laughs> chance either way I, I don't you know I don't know what line words come after that but the, just that opening okay just before you slip into unconsciousness I'd like to have another kiss it's just like so sleepy the song's beginning is just so now I don't know if that's creepy or not is that creepy no, because she's about to go to sleep, right? She's about to pass out. She's going to bed. Or, or is it that, like, she's on Quaaludes, and he's like, before you, not, you know, before you're completely obliterated and wasted, kiss me? I can't tell. I want to think that it's before you go to sleep, give me a kiss. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not the Lizard King. <laughs> so I really don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm more of like a, uh, um, a gecko. No, I'm more of like a bearded dragon duke, not a lizard king. Uh, but the, the way that the song builds and then that ending, it's just, it's really kind of a perfect song for the doors. If you ask me from his vocals to the, the whole dreamy feel of that song and, it's like a crystal ship, you know, so I'm imagining like this huge vessel <laughs> on the water that's made of crystal. So you have to be very careful in <laughs> when you're on that ship. I don't know. Another, this is another tough one. This is another tough round. Uh, but I'm going to have to give it to the Doors uh, because Crystal Ship is just, it's such a cool song. And uh, the vibe of that song is great. And I I like the vibe of Happy Jack, too. Uh, 
Uh, but it's just, it's just it's you know it's happy. It's really <laughs> it's hyper and stuff. You know so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have played those two because one's very up and the other one's kind of not down, but just sort of like floaty. Ah, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm giving it to the doors. You know, that's that's just how it is. This segment has these two songs. I chose these two songs. I pitted them up against one another and the doors won. So again, I'm doing this segment because over time I feel after I keep doing enough of these, it'll help me determine who really is the best here, the who or the doors, the doors or the who. And I thank you for joining me along on this journey to figuring out who's better because uh, I hope you also, when you're listening or playing along, uh, you know, you may think Happy Jack is a way better song than Crystal Ship. And that's cool. That's awesome. You know, you may be right. I may be crazy. Um, <laughs> I th- wow, you know, now that, I th- now that I just said that, I'm thinking maybe one time I'll have to do Who's Better, Billy Joel or Elton John. Huh? Huh? That sounds, that sounds fun. But as it is right now, it's the who or the doors, and I give it to the doors. You are listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I am CZG123 in the place to be. Don't forget to check me out on CZG123.blogspot.com. There's an embedded radio player there, so you can listen to episodes and listen to the show there. There are new episodes every TNT. That's right, every Tuesday and every Thursday. Um, and Thanksgiving's coming up. That's fun. So you get to sing Jingle Bells at your, bu- at the, your local <laughs> watering hole bar. I'll see you over at the watering hole. <laughs> what? That just sounds nasty, right? Hey, where were you last night, man? Oh, I went over to the watering hole. Got myself a shot of whiskey. Uh, yeah, czg123.blogspot.com. Thanksgiving is coming up. It's uh, one of uh, my favorite holidays just because you get to be bloated the whole day and uh, ignore football. That's what I do. I don't watch football on Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people do. I'm, I am love baseball. I only have room in my head for baseball. Uh, sorry. I know. I know. I know. You're like, what? You don't need, What? You don't watch? Do you watch NBA? CZG123? No, I don't really watch the NBA. I don't watch NFL. I don't watch curling. I don't watch hockey. I only watch baseball. And right now that the World Series is over... I have to wait until spring to enjoy my game again. And for all those out there listening who also love baseball, and I know there are some of you out there who do, you feel my pain, right? Uh, it's really embarrassing. I'll admit it, though. I cry. <laughs> I cried in front of my children when the season ended. Not the World Series, but like just when the season ended. I cried like a baby. Because I knew that I would just have to wait. I would just, now I'm just going to have to wait until the spring. So not only do my children think I'm nuts, but I think they get it. You know, I think they get it because they know how attached I am to the sport. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the spring. Uh, Thanksgiving, I don't watch football. Uh, the only, The only, you know, I'll watch the Super Bowl. I like the Super Bowl, but I can't get into the NBA Finals. It feels like the NBA Finals take forever. 
Am I right? Like, what's the deal? Like, it feels like it takes two months for all these teams to figure out and battle and see who's going to be in the what in their World Series. What do you call them? The finals or the the, the playoffs? Isn't it the playoffs and then the finals, or the whole is the whole shebang known as the finals in the NBA? See, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, same go. Same with football. Like, what is this? I mean, I you have a you have a, 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 a how do you get to the Super Bowl? What do you have? You have finals or playoffs? It's playoffs, right? You see, I know nothing about these other sports. Why should I? Uh, baseball's the best sport there is. I'm being way too controversial on this episode. I'm so sorry, folks. But uh, yeah, Thanksgiving, awesome. And then as soon as Thanksgiving. Uh, is is yummy, yummy, yummy times. Uh, we get to look forward to the holidays known as Hanukkah and Christmas. Uh, wow, this year is just zipping by. I think there are only, uh, as of recording this episode, 60, day, 60 days left in this year. And wow, what a year 2023 has been so, so far, right? I mean, it's not even done yet. What else is going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen right now. Another Rainbow Flipper musical explosion right after this message. You're listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Thank you. 
to do There's a girl here And she's almost you Almost All the things That you promised With your eyes I see in hers too Now your eyes are red from crying Almost blue Flirting with this disaster became me It Touching it will almost do There's a part of me that's always true Always All the things that you promised with your eyes I see From crying Almost you Almost me Almost Took time off, all the rappers got jerked Due to the fact they whack in their track Have to go back and stack Cause they lack the ingredients EPMD and scraps for that Yo, I'm the hip-hopper Plus the show shocker Down with MDS, the microphone doctor One wrecks, the other destroys And if you think you're ready to mess Kill the noise We don't play when it's time to slay I get a cut from my homie, yo Then I lay back and mack And all the rhymes I pack and wait for a sucker to jump and then attack Well, I'm known to be the master in the MC field No respect in 87, 88, Chanel Cause I produce and get loose When it's time to perform Whack a sucker like mop and glow That's what it was Stack the second time But on a different assignment To do a sucker new jack We need to rap in alignment Cause I'm the cream in the crop When it's time to do a show Curly's on my dock for my dope intro As I glance at the double K microphone record Turn on my callers Say your mic check Until the ladies and all party goers Some call me Pete Then other slow flower Brothers on my jock For the way I hold a piece of steel So what you saying? So what you saying? So what you saying? So what you saying? 
one has the bed. Straight out the box, MCs are jumping out shoes and socks. I'm not playing. Understand what I'm saying? Cut the sucker in my way, and I'm slaying. Taking those shorts, showing vital signs. You can tell by my lines that I'm getting mines in '89. Because I'm fine as wine, sit back and recline. Watch the sunshine, take a stroll, listen to rock and roll. Cut the flick at the movies, dance a bowl. What I choose, I refuse to slack. While I'm back, I take a chance, Jack. So I must attack with knickknack, patty wax. So I won't lack. All my style is. Death and his deli ass crap. Well, I'm slain, music's plain. A sucker is the lane. Battle in the trenches where the funky be playing. Cause with a partner like it double, don't come a dime a dozen. I can't have blood related, but you could call us cousins. Cause as we climb the chart, better known as statistics. The killers on my jock while I'm kicking ballistics. Dropping hits like I'm house and you got to chillin' more. The poop is in the pudding. Yo, check the billboard. People around town talking this and that. And how we sound like the R. And our music was whack. Drop the album strictly business and you thought we would fold. 30 days later, the LP went gold. So what you saying? So what you saying? Now party people, it's time for the exquisite No knock knock, who's that hoes there? Oh is it, it's the E-R-I-C-K Yes the boy wonder, no foul, no bleach No bloops and no blunders So hot, so you can say I'm blazing And Luther Vandross says yo I am so amazing And I've been waiting For a sucker to attack Yo me the E-double, come me and P-N-B Like the funky first couple I fight fire with fire, that's why most retired And when we needed a piss boy You was high cause you was memorized But a style that we was bringing in the all-out battle He comes out swinging Cause I'm just the type of brother that's out to get mines And if the odds against me I still drop lines to get mines on time That's why I most resign Sit in my lazy boy chair Relax my head and recline Sip a Pepsi or Coke With a twist of lime Or crack a 40 And then I go for mine So what you saying? So what you saying?
That's Jimi Hendrix covering Muddy Waters' Manish Boy. Jimi Hendrix, uh, I don't know if I have to tell you much about this guy that you don't already know. Uh, he's a member of the 27 Club, as is Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, uh, so many other tragic deaths at the age of 27, Jim Morrison. 
Anyways, he was in that club, but he shouldn't be known for that. So forgive me for mentioning that, but it's something that definitely sticks in my mind whenever I think of Jimi Hendrix because I think of what he would have accomplished if he lived. He was on the cusp of uh, doing jazz. In fact, he wanted, he was going to work with Miles Davis uh, right before he passed away. So, man, I, I just I can't help but think that a he was only 27, only 27, and like a guitar virtuoso, just like incredible. And then b what what other material and work he would have put out had he lived. Um, born in Seattle. Uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, is just, uh, God, just a legend. Uh, Jimi Hendrix and the experience. Uh, the monkeys. <laughs> when uh, Jimi Hendrix started playing concerts and big shows, the monkeys at one point would open for Jimi Hendrix. And a little funny uh, tidbit, which I actually spoke about with uh, Sister Erica during uh, the segment Why Music. When we were uh, schmoozing, I uh, told her the story of how my mom went to go see the Monkees in concert and doesn't remember Jimi Hendrix. She remembers Monkees, she doesn't remember Jimi Hendrix. Just, wow, what? Anyways, I mean, listen, this is coming from, uh, you know, my mom who played me Lou Christie. So, of course, she remembers the Monkees and not Jimi Hendrix. But, um... <laughs> Ah, Jimi Hendrix, uh, absolute legend. I mean, come on. I, let's, let's, I'd rather focus on the song itself, Manish Boy, uh, which is uh, a song written by Muddy Waters back in 1955. And it's actually a response song to Bo Diddley's song, I'm a Man. So that's funny. It's like a call and response, but through songs, uh, as opposed to within one song, a call and response. Uh, uh, and both Bo Diddley and Muddy Waters' version is kind of influenced, well, it is influenced by Willie Dixon's Hoochie Coochie Man. Um, Muddy Waters is an absolute, uh, God, a blues legend. Blues legend, just so amazing. Uh, so it's only proper that Jimi Hendrix would cover that song. I, you know, it's a hard song to find. I got it off a compilation of Jimi Hendrix's. I don't think he ever released that recording, or I don't think it was ever released on any album officially. Uh, there are lots of bootleg uh, compilations out there. A lot of them, interestingly enough, come from uh, South America, which is weird. They're produced in South America. Uh, which leads me to believe perhaps at one point in the 70s or whatnot, a lot of bootlegs came from different countries. No, I don't know. I'm not too sure. But um, Muddy Waters performs Manish Boy. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, the band's document the documentary about the band by Martin Scorsese called The Last Waltz, there's actually... Uh, you see it. You see that he shows Muddy Waters coming on stage and performing that song, uh, it's, which is mind blowing and incredible. Uh, Manish Boy was also um, an attempt by Waters to sort of get more into rock um, and uh, give his give a shot at doing rock music. 
uh, um, veering away a bit from blues. But then, I mean, ultimately, he's he's a blues musician. He's not really rock, but it is a rocking song. But I I don't know how you would even clap. I don't know what genre that song goes in. When Jimi Hendrix plays it, that version you just heard now, uh, it's that's rock. To me, that's rock. That's like a classic rock song. Uh, but the Manish Boy original by Muddy Waters is, I think it's a really good marriage of blues and uh, rock, to tell you the truth. And then before that, you heard, so what you, what you saying? So what you saying by EPMD? EPMD um, hail from Brentwood, New York. Uh, we're talking about Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith. Uh, Eric Sermon is the E in EPMD, and Parrish Smith is the PMD. Now, these two have a very, very interesting history. Uh, they came up uh, in like the late 80s. You know, Eric Sermon was uh, predominantly uh, um, a producer at the time. And uh, anyways, you know, they worked with a lot of different folks at that time. Uh, they were managed at first by Rush Management, Russell Simmons. And um, they actually started touring with Run DMC. They played with Public Enemy. Um, their huge hit at that time when they first hit the scene was You Gots to Chill. I don't know if y'all remember that, uh, but that was a huge, huge hit for them. Um, and their first album is Strictly Business. Uh, great album. And it's funny because I believe every, yeah, like every album of theirs has business, the word business in it. A legendary hip-hop group uh, duo. Uh, it's interesting to note that in 1993, they broke up. And they broke up because um, Smith's house uh, had been broken into uh, by some dudes that were armed and uh, with guns and stole things from him, and he was terrified. And then rumors started swirling around that uh, Eric Sermon was behind the home invasion, that he actually paid those people off to do it because he was upset about some financial situation with Smith and something crazy like that. Uh, so when the police uh, found out about all this and it was reported, they actually brought Eric Sermon in and questioned him, and they found he had absolutely nothing to do with it, so they let him go. But still... Uh, Smith, having you know, being privy to all the rumors and gossip going around, didn't really know what to believe, and so it was just like really, you know, they would try to work together, but it was just there was too much tension. I mean, Eric Sermon already had issues uh, regarding their financial situations uh, as a group, so and then this happens, and then you have Smith. Being like, oh my God, like, I can't believe my partner just tried to do this to me. Or did he, didn't he? Anyway, so they broke up. And then they got back together in 1997. And they put out another, uh, put out an album back in business. So um, they, you know, it was a, they just kind of picked up where they left off. Uh, and everyone was really excited that they got back together and were still able to create amazing hip hop, right? Uh, and at that time, Eric Sermon branched off and did his own thing, uh, putting out an album with uh, Redman and Keith Murray, uh, 
called El Nino. And that was a huge and great, great album. Um, and they, I believe they called themselves the, uh, the Def Squad. Uh, and then that later that year, so they did back in business when they got back together in 97. And then in 98, uh, the end of 98, they put out um, Out of Business. Uh, actually, I beg your pardon, I think that came out the year after. It was either 98 or 99, they put out uh, the album Out of Business. And that actually winds up being their last album together. Although, uh, and so, yeah, so they put out that album, uh, so one, and then they branch off and start doing their own projects. Uh, this time, not under the umbrella of any um, hatred or suspicion of one another or tensions. It was just, I think, that they were, they had been, gotten used to working independently during their breakup, that when they got back together, they were still working on side projects. So I guess they just veered off and started doing their own thing as they had been. Uh, but then they got back together again uh, to do the Rock the Bells tour. Uh, and that, of course, uh, became a thing, right? The Rock the Rock the Bells tour became really big. It was kind of like uh, hip hop's Lollapalooza, yeah. You know, just uh, the idea of uh, um, epic lineups. And so they they did that. They got back together to do that. Um, and then years later, they did it again. Uh, so it, they they got back together. Uh, later, like in the mid-2000s, to do these Rock the Bell shows and live shows. Uh, and this time they were doing it with pals of theirs, you know, Method Man, Red Man, Keith Murray would get on stage with them and stuff like this. Um, I don't know what's up with them nowadays. I don't know. Um, I mean, I know that um, EPMD does make an appearance on a Nas album. Uh, but I don't know what they're up to these days. Something tells me that that's, uh, that they're probably still doing live shows together, but I don't think they've I don't think they record anymore. Anyways, very interesting history. Uh, very important group uh, duo to hip hop, and they're just outstanding. They're kings. They're just amazing, and they've got that beat of uh, so what you're saying is just God, it's gold. It's so good. And then starting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, we heard from Chet Baker, Almost Blue. Man, you know, so many jazz cats are just so troubled, right? I just, I feel so many of them have uh, drug dependencies. A lot, of the, a lot of these guys, sadly, are, man, just so self-destructive. Um, and I'm sure music is very cathartic and a great release for many of these uh, musicians and artists, but it's just sad, you know, and Chet Baker is one of them. Uh, he, God, he was just uh, extremely, extremely talented. Uh, there's a documentary out there about him. Uh, I'm blanking on what it's called, uh, but uh, I saw it and it's actually, it's it's sad. Like, it, there... Uh, I don't know. You know, he was in and out of Rikers Island, which is really, oh, God, I don't know. He was born in Oklahoma, 
and uh, passed away at the age of 58 in Amsterdam, which is interesting. Um, but he, you know, he played with a lot of people. Uh, he was extremely popular, great looking guy. Uh, just, he had it all, you know, he really had it all. But sadly, you know, he was uh, addicted to heroin and he wound up uh, over at Rikers Island quite a few times in and out of jail, performing shows, you know. Man, uh, just, it's really dark, I have to say. Uh, I mean, Charlie Parker's story is pretty dark. Miles Davis started dark, but then I guess he kind of cleaned everything up towards the end of his life. Um, Coltrane, Monk, Mingus, like so many of these amazing artists in jazz. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know why there's such a correlation between uh, incredible jazz musicians and drug addiction or alcohol. Uh, Alcoholism, alcoholism, alcoholism. Right? Alcoholism? Man, am I losing my marbles. It's alcoholism? Alcoholics suffer from alcoholism. Yeah, alcoholism. Sorry, guys. Um, He has a beautiful album, which I think that's what Almost Blue is from, called Chet Baker Sings, which came out in 1954. Um, And also, he sings on It Could Happen to You, which was released four years after Chet Baker Sings. And um, he was, man, just so incredible. Um, I don't know what else to say other than he tried. He, he tried to come back. He tried to make a comeback. And um, he, you know, he did it for a bit. You know, he, he started working uh, towards at the end of his career in life. He worked with Jerry Mulligan. Um, worked with Stan Getz and, um, he had, there's a great, uh, album of his actually, which is live called Chet Baker in Tokyo. Uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to that, it's really, really good. And, uh, it came out actually, uh, months before he died. Uh, so yeah, you know. Oh, uh, and the documentary is called "Let's Get Lost." I recommend it, even though it's really depressing. Uh, you really should see it because it just shows just how talented he was, and and you and you really do you you feel for him. You know, you really get the sense of what could have been. You know, and what's extraordinary about that is what could have been is weird to say because he already did. It's, you know, he already had like an amazing career and he was so gifted. Uh, So I guess by saying what could have been, meaning, you know, had he lived past 58, what would he have done, you know? Uh, You look at someone like Tito Puente who lives a really long life and you see that up until the end, they're playing. They're still playing, which is probably what would have happened with Chet Baker. Maybe he would have drifted more towards uh, being a vocalist um, than a trumpet player. But um, I'm sorry. I, I get this is like such an emotional episode. But I just I look at him. 
you look at early photos of him, man, in like the 50s, and then you look at him in the 70s and 80s, and you're just like, oh, man, it's just heartbreaking. Let's get lost. I recommend it. Again, even though it's sometimes hard to watch, uh, I think you should see it if you're, you know, wanting to learn more about this man's life. Um, you should see it. It's really good. And Flea, uh, bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers, is in the movie because uh, he, like a lot of us, loved Chet Baker and they got to uh, be close pals. Well... This has been the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I want to thank all of you out there for listening. Please do share and tell your pals and family and friends and even your enemies about this program because it is pretty much the greatest online radio show. Uh, I know that. I just, I know this is the greatest online radio show um, ever. So, yeah, spread the word. <laughs> Visit czg123.blogspot.com. That is czg123.blogspot.com. Uh, I have articles up there, uh, and I think you'll enjoy what's there. And please subscribe, follow. Uh, this show is on most every major podcast platform. Uh, and call 213-839-9830. That's 213-839-9830. Anytime you want to leave requests, um, I can play anything you want to hear, love. I can play anything you want to hear. Or if you want to just uh, rant, you can do that too. Just call the number and I'll, I'll listen to your rant. I, uh, you can do that. So thank you folks very much. Remember, every Tuesday, every Thursday, new episodes. So do come back. And until next time... I highly recommend that instead of discussing all of the world's issues, next time you speak to a friend or you're hanging out with a family member, don't, don't even go there. Just talk about music. Share your love and appreciation of music with someone that you know and you love. And just talk about your favorite bands. Talk about the songs that mean something to you. Turn someone on to music that you love that they can eventually perhaps love too and listen to their suggestions. That's a great thing about music is that we can share it with one another. So please try to refrain from all this stuff that's happening and let music become your bridge to restoring your faith in humanity. <laughs>